0: Come on, take one, baby.
1: All right, guys, we are back with the Take One podcast, and this is a really cool episode because we have uh, Whitney Hill. Who is also Richard's first daughter? Hey, hey. Uh, we also have Richard in from a run on his off day. That's right. So he can help
0: and interview his daughter I wouldn't miss and this. probably throw her <laughs> off. <awesome. laughs> <laughs>
1: and we also have Artez Henderson Hello. on the podcast today. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and jump in. So we know that you're Richard's daughter. We know that you sing in the worship team. Um, But can you tell us a little bit more about your background um, where you're from how
2: you got to where you are? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Whitney Hale um, And thank you all for having me. I'm excited to hang out with y'all today Um, So I was born and raised in Memphis Um, when I was in sixth grade uh, Dad took a call to Olive Branch right over the Mississippi line and so I finished out uh, middle school and high school in Olive Branch in Mississippi Um, and then Majored in English in college, um, also got married to my high school sweetheart in college when I was super young, something my parents swore that they would never let me do, and then they let me do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're welcome.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was 19, he was 21, I turned 20 a month later. Have mercy. (laughs)
0: So we've
2: been married almost 18 years, it'll be 18 years in June, so 17 and a half years and... um, haven't regretted it truly. I know we have a rare story with that, but have not regretted yeah. that um, at all, and thankful for that. So, yeah, majored in English, and then um, have worked in nonprofits ever since. So, I started off at um, Streets Ministries was really my first real job. I worked in development there. I wrote grants. Um, I think the English major thing, I didn't really know what I wanted to do quite yet. And so, and that was probably my fourth major that I declared, um, and (laughs) finally stuck with. So, um, didn't, knew that I didn't need to be or want to be a teacher really. Um, I had explored that and actually my high school English teacher talked me out of it. So, um, (laughs) for a variety of reasons and I'm thankful for her wisdom. Um, but anyway ended up writing grants at streets and doing wearing a lot of hats there and then um, I started having kids um, when I was like 25 and so um, had my oldest and decided to stay home a couple years but um, still worked from home I did um, I still wrote grants and other things for different nonprofits around the city of Memphis and so um, loved doing that it just gave me purpose still you know in some different ways and was really thankful for that and then um, eventually I went to work for, um, for ALSAC and so was there seven years and I'm just really thankful for the time there. I learned a ton there. Um, and about a little over two years ago, decided I wanted to work at a smaller organization um, and just use what I'd learned at ALSAC at St. Jude um, and just from incredible leaders there. Um, and so I'm now the marketing director at City Leadership Um, that's in crosstown and so i started there uh two weeks before the pandemic hit so Ah. (laughs) that's been an interesting twist um that i'm sure we'll talk a little bit about but um yeah so that's me i've got three kids now their ages are 11 10 and 7 and so we're crazy busy house but i love it
1: yeah
2: Um, that's awesome um, so, what are some victories you've experienced on
1: your journey um, to becoming like the director of marketing? Yeah. Um,
2: well, I would say, I mean, I've had a lot of, um, I've had a lot of good leaders that I'm really thankful for, that have poured into me and that have taught me, have called me out when Mm. I needed to be called out. And so um, I'm really thankful for that. I think probably probably the greatest victory, and honestly just because it was so difficult to do, was putting together, or helping put together the marketing team that we have now. And so uh, at City Leadership, it was just a real challenge for me. I went from managing two to managing uh, six people and an intern. Um, and it's been really important to me to do that in a way that is, um, in a way that I'm managing people well and loving them well Mm -hmm. and not just telling them what to do. And, you know, (laughs) so leadership is something that's just really important to me. And so, um, I think, you know, there were a lot of obstacles in getting there, you know, making sure that we were hiring the right people and, Um, that everyone was really clear on our strategy and goals and all that. Um, And so um, I feel like that's probably what I'm most proud of. And it's not really something I did. I mean, I helped with it. We have a great team. Um, But I feel like that's one of the biggest victories. Um, I think also, I mean, just on a personal level, something that I really have struggled with that I'm starting to get better at. Starting. Dad can probably vouch for me on this. But I'm horrible at having like real direct conversations, confrontation. I just, I'm a people pleaser and I don't like it. And so um, management and leadership has really pushed me because if I love somebody and I'm loving them well, I've got to call them out. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's been something that that I've really worked on over the last couple of years um, and have had just amazing leadership. I have one uh, manager right now that just really pushes me in that area that I'm thankful for and models it. I mean man, when he calls you out or calls somebody else out, you feel like, I mean, I feel like it's my dad. I literally am like, yes, sir, you're right. You're exactly right. But I'm thankful for it. I mean, the way he does it is just really helpful. So he's modeled that in a great way. So I would say those are probably, you know, just a small, like, personal victory. And then really something I'm proud of is the marketing team. So yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I, I feel like we were missed not to, like, ask you a few questions that I know our congregation just has.
2: Like, okay, so I'm just going to fair. So I
1: know, like, from some of our conversations that um, you're, like, an achiever, right? You're, like, the, mm-hmm. the Enneagram number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so is Richard. So I just wonder, like, how has his influence, um, with all your achievements and everything like that, how, like, what role did he play? Oh, that's world a, world a good world. question.
2: None. I'm <laughs>
0: Just kidding. No, I'm no. crying. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I think, um, I mean, I've wondered if I do have those tendencies because of dad. I mean, I'm the oldest, and so a lot of that's birth order. And, mm. you know, um, but I do think watching dad, you know, achieve and care about, a lot of that. And I know, I feel like the Enneagram three thing gets a lot of, it's taken me a long time to get comfortable with it because it's, it sounds so awful. Like I only care about success,
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs>
2: the healthy three and something that I really work to pour myself into in an authentic way is, um, you know, really cares more about the success of others and right. building them up. And so yeah. I feel like that's something, I mean, not gonna cry. I am gonna cry at some point. It's okay. I <laughs> feel <laughs> like that's something Dad's modeled. I mean, he's poured into us as his kids. He's poured into his church, and and the thing that you know that a lot of people don't know is, I mean, ministry can be so hard. Y'all know this, mm-hmm. um, and so seeing him battle through that and getting a, I mean, a front row seat to all of that. It's definitely impacted the way that I work. And that I work my tail off and to be the best that I can be. Um, I think we've, we also share that we can be workaholics <laughs> and Amen. we struggle with that <laughs> yep. and we talk about it. Yep. And um, it's something that, you know, my mom holds dad accountable to and yeah. that Jed holds me accountable to. Mm-hmm. I think they're both really good at, they're both really good at calling us out, aren't they?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> they're truth tellers and I am very thankful yeah. for that. Amen. But um I think that that's definitely impacted me. I mean, you know, when Dad has a goal, he doesn't stop and he's going to win people to it. And he cares deeply about it and about the way that it impacts people and about the people that he's shepherding and ministering to, about his staff. I mean, you know, I know things that have you know kept you up at night
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> just because you love people and and so I feel like that's Something that I'm thankful for that I'm thankful even still than mm. Thank you instilled in me. Sorry. I'm
1: the one that asked the question that made
2: you no. cry. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I knew I was cracking cross at some point.
0: <laughs> Tell us about your hobbies. real Man. I just
1: feel like I would be so remiss. Uh, like I know there are other no, people No, like I don't like, mind what, I really ask the not mind. Like, I can't like uh, not ask no, the that's question. Good. You know I mean? that's good. No, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Um Yeah, and I... I love Enneagram three. Oh. Like, I'm married to an Enneagram 3. And I do think that is a strength mm. in y'all that you can, like... And this is not an Enneagram podcast, so I don't want to spend too much time here. <laughs> but I do feel like y'all really, like, can motivate people and, call, mm. ca- and, in ways, call them out to their purpose, you know what I mean? Mm. And, like, coach people along. And that's definitely that, something that I see that's beautiful, I think, about Enneagram 3s. Because mm. y'all are achieving, and you're like, come on! Like, you yes. do it like, I see this in you, you know? Yeah. Um, and I... Richard has done that to me. Like, I see this in you. <laughs> like, you can do it. So, yeah. um, no, that's awesome. I just wanted to know just a little peek <laughs> of what it's like to have Richard <laughs> as a dad. Okay. Awesome. Let's uh, let's awesome. keep going. Um, so, what keeps you motivated? Because um, mm-hmm. I know that your job as a woman in marketing, mm-hmm. um, as a younger woman in marketing, I'm sure there are some, some obstacles and things like
2: that. So, like, what keeps you going? Yeah. Um, I am... I'm a big believer in personal development, and so I think I've always been, you know, I've always read lots on like leadership and other things like that, but I love this era of podcasts now because I've listened to a ton of podcasts, including (laughs) including Typology, my favorite Enneagram podcast. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's so, so good, (laughs) Um, but I think that, you know, There's a lot out there that motivates me in that sense. Like I'm always reading, always learning, always trying to be better. Um, But I really think that, you know, I mean, my family motivates me a lot. I just, when I really sit down and think about why I do what I do, it's for my family and my extended family. You know, I wanna be good at what I'm doing in my job, but I also really want that to impact the way that I live my life and the way that you know the things that I'm learning at work apply to the things that I'm doing with my family and then vice versa. So I think just like the learning motivates me a lot. Um, and mm-hmm. so I don't, the thing about marketing The crazy thing about marketing is it never is the same. Mm -hmm. So like every project, every campaign, everything you do changes. And the platforms that we're using now versus the platforms we used last year even are different. And so we're always learning, always changing, always growing. Um, And so I feel like (laughs) just the fact that it's a really interesting field is also super motivating for me. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. That's good. So you
2: mentioned, um, you know, your family that, you know, is one people that motivates you. And you also mentioned just a part of your personality, how you are a cheerleader, you know, Mm -hmm. a coach and things of that nature. So when you take those two things into consideration, you know, the word that comes to mind is legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm just curious, like, what does that word mean to you? Um, Yeah, so. I think legacy, that's something I actually weirdly think about a lot, (laughs) and I don't, I think it's twofold, because one is, you know, we're all going to pass at some point, and what is going to be left of us, you know, what imprint did we make on people around us, Um, I've been thinking a lot about this the last few weeks, even with um, uh, one of dad's good friends that passed, Kirk, that I know y'all met as well, Um, his... Memorial service was just so full of stories about him and Mm. just the legacy that he left. And it was about serving people. I mean, it was about, he was a, I don't know that I would call him a cheerleader. Maybe you'd call him a cheerleader. He was, but he was bigger than life and left a big impact in a lot of ways. And so, you know, I know that. I mean, I want for when I'm gone for there to be some of that. But I also think there's the spiritual side where, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, when I retire and I'm gone from my job, you know, there may be a few people that miss me. I hope there are. But, <laughs> but for the most part, somebody else is going to fill my shoes and they're mm-hmm. going to do a great job, probably a better job than me. But the thing that I really care about and that really is going to matter are those relationships, yeah. and so I think that's something that you know God has has called us to all of us as believers, whether we're in a full time job whether we're working at home you yeah. know whether we're full- time moms at home, whatever we're doing, you know we are making an enormous impact on the lives of others I think the biggest thing I think about, I heard this said once that you're, you're, all parents are missionaries and their biggest mission field is their kids mm. at home. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big thing for me that I think about all the time, you know, every night it's how I fall asleep. Like how mm. am I impacting them? What did I do wrong? Did this go well? We had a great <laughs> conversation. It was amazing. I'm so thankful, you know, yeah. and they're becoming their own now. And, you know, it's not all what, I told them to be, or what Jed told them to be. It's what God is molding them to be, and so, mm-hmm. you know, trusting Him with that legacy is hard for me, but really important to me. So, mm-hmm.
1: that's yeah. good. It's really good.
2: Yeah, it's interesting seeing um,
1: all of y'all, like your social media and stuff like that. How much you guys just hang out, like you hang out with your sisters and your nieces and nephews and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I just think that's so amazing. Like I think. Sometimes when we think about legacy, we can think about, like, what am I going to do with the world? Mm. Like, this huge, mm. huge, how I'm going to impact the world. But it's just like, no, like, the people that are closest yeah. to you, yeah. like, that. that is your biggest mission, Phil. That's that's so awesome. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, so I want to go to the side of just being um, a woman. hmm where you are being a director Um, and I was just reading like marketing is still more of a male dominated field and so do you feel like there are like specific pressures that are on you as a woman in that role or do you think it's just it depends on like what kind of office you work in or yeah Mm -hmm.
2: yeah I mean there's definite pressures there Um, and I think it's it's interesting to me um, the pressures around being a woman are not necessarily always put on me and other women by men. There's a lot of that for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, there's definitely, um, and I've had some male leaders who have been really insensitive. Mm -hmm. I mean, have definitely like made comments that were demeaning or, you know, I've had that happen for sure. But, you know, the crazy thing to me is that women do it a lot, Mm. you know, where we, it's Mm. like we have such high expectations for ourselves, and and I am guilty of that. Oh my goodness, Judd is on me all the time about that because I'm just, you know, he's like, you're disappointing yourself more than anyone, you know. Mm. I live in that space a lot and really work hard not to, but I think that's something that we do to one another a lot, and so, you know, I think the pressure to be a mom, a wife, a full-time employee, and to do a really good job of all three of those, and, you know, really care for the six people on my team, and, you know, all of those things, that pressure is just enormous, and I do feel like, as a woman, it's greater. I mean, it's, if you're at the office a little late, you feel bad for not being at home, and if you're, you know at home a little early you feel bad for not being at the office and Mm. it's always the pressure of like i need these men to see me working hard Mm. and you know getting in there and and grinding this stuff out um so but i've also been i mean i've been really blessed i mean i mentioned my current boss now. I promise I'm not saying it to like get a razor. But.
0: <laughs> but if it happens. But if it happens, I will I mean, not say no. Way. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. um,
2: but he is really supportive of women in our office and the roles that we play and, you know, this year's been a difficult year for our family you know um, dad's mom and stepdad had major health issues mm-hmm. the last few years and both passed away within a month of each other and um, Jed's father has um, some major health issues right now going on as well um, and we've got other family stuff going on so the pressure yes to play like aunt granddaughter to help when you know when mom or dad can't be at the hospital they're out of town and a grandparent goes to the hospital and you know that kind of stuff it's a lot of new that's been a lot of new territory for me this year and it's not just hey i need to take off for that field trip it's also hey i need to stop by and and help you know so there's a lot of pressure there and you know i think that um that and a lot of that again like i apply a lot of that to myself i think that women do it to one another and i do think that you know again i've had some some men that have really said very insensitive things and even questioned my are you sure you need to be working you know that type of conversation where you know you want to punch them like (laughs)
0: yeah
2: (laughs) are you sure you're loving the people in your life well enough I mean (laughs) you know so I just I think um yeah there's a lot of pressure there but um I'm super blessed honestly to have really supportive people around me with that and you know even Jed like he he's got a lot of the leaders on his team at his job are women in a very male-dominated mm. organization and it's on purpose like he's really proud of that and thankful for them and you know wants to build them up and mm. see them succeed and you know so which i'm thankful i feel like the world's moving to that more and more still pressures and obstacles for sure but yeah. Yeah. Mm. i'm sure you're still working through that but my, my follow-up question with that is how do you manage it you know mm-hmm. when that's the reality you were wearing a lot of hats, and you want to do well, and you have done well. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you worked through that? And twofold, you know, what's some general advice you would give to other women that may be in your same shoes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, it's definitely, this is a work in progress. I don't think I have a perfect week with this. There's not a way to, you know, to perfectly balance everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's more how do you integrate everything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... I I think what I've really focused on the last few years especially is just when I'm struggling with a decision, you know, should I really ask off for that thing because there's, you know, something at the kids' school mm-hmm. or I have really started and this is part of my mom's voice in my head. She's just a phenomenal mother and you know, part of my mantra is if it sacrifices my children it will not happen. Mm-hmm. And so Ooh, that makes me cry to even think my mom like that. <laughs> um, and so I mean that's the first thing, you yeah. know, or my marriage. I mean, mm-hmm. those are if it's if it's a job an issue where that I'm trying to work through that will sacrifice that, I have to be willing to make that call and to say it is not worth my marriage and it's not worth my children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's hugely important and thank God we have the body of Christ where we can make those decisions and then have Community, you know, Mm -hmm. there have been times in my career and in Judd's career where we have had to look at the other and say, if you have to walk out because somebody's asking you to do something that you cannot do, you know, with integrity, then you can walk out. Like, you have my full support on that. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that foremost, that has to be there. Outside of that, you know, sometimes I'm going to disappoint my team or you know, sometimes I'm going to disappoint, um, my boss a little bit. And so, and I, and I have to know that and be okay with that. And that's yeah. hard for me. Again, I'm a people pleaser. That's part of the three thing yeah. as well as I need everybody's approval. I need everybody to like me, be good with me, you know? And so I'm getting more comfortable in that space. Um, that being said, I'm also being held accountable by little people now at home (laughs) to not be working all the time. You know, I have them come in, they're like, I mean, my oldest, he's 11, and he'll literally come in if my laptop is open at home, and he's like, are you working, why? And I'm like, (laughs) I had to check in on something. You know, so I'm getting them used to, I mean, it's crazy how we, how what we model for our kids just impacts them so much. Mm -hmm. So I'm really getting used to, hey, they're, there are times when you are gonna have to Wait a moment because Mm. I have to take care of this very important thing for work, Right, you know, and and that's okay. The world does not revolve around my kids as Mm. much as they come first. That also means like they're going to see me working. They know I work for this family. This is not, you know, this is not like me going and just having fun all day. So you can eat and, you know,
0: enjoy some things. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Yes. Yes. that's right. Go to the beach. Go to the beach. (laughs)
2: Absolutely. So, um, I feel like that's a big thing. Um, it's just getting them used to that, but also having, you know, times when I'm like, no, I'm not going to open the laptop at mm. all tonight, or I'm not going to let them see me do that. If I need to do that once they go to bed, right. you know, that's fine. So, I feel like it's just decisions all of the time. We're always trying to figure out what's best for our family and what's best for, you know, my team at work and, um, you know, the, the, Schedule for work is pretty demanding, especially right now with going back to the office after COVID and everything. Um, Also, I love being back at the office. I mean, I'm a people person so I just, this is like, I'm thriving now, being being with my team all the time. Um, And I'm so, so thankful for that. But um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of decisions, a lot of um, just thinking like, what is the right way to do this? How can I both do a good job at work and at home um
1: yeah thank you oh, yeah. thank you for yeah, thank good. you for the honesty oh, and the transparency in that yeah,
0: yeah i'd love to know uh, i was trying to think how to ask this question but um you know our lives have changed dramatically in the last 15 years moving from colorado and planting downtown church and and it's so much more than downtown church it's you know, just the, I think the biblical compulsion, not a, not as a social construct, but as a gospel imperative to, to live and to value diversity, you know, race, class, um, something that was not, I would say, a value um, lived out (laughs) prior to that. How has, um, how has that impacted you over the last 15 years and mm. um, and seeing uh, just yeah what I would call the beauty of that mm. worked out and
2: yeah um, it has been a huge shift I mean I grew up at a um, high school that had one black girl that she was a year younger than me and she's actually still a friend of mine um, who I mean it was a nightmare for her. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was a nightmare yeah. for her. And that's actually what we've connected about recently is, you know, it literally after 20 years, I was like, I can't believe you lived through that. What in the world was that like? And I'm so sorry. Cause I know I did insensitive things and was, you know, and she was amazing talking about it, but you know, a lot has changed. I think that, um, I think what you're hitting at is really the beauty of it. And it's so true. I mean, I did not have people of color in my life 20 years ago. I mean, that was not part of who I was. It was not part of my community. I went to, you know, I went to all white school. My campus ministry stuff was all white. Colorado was all white. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Free> that. <laughs> yeah. that.
2: Um, it just was not very diverse. And so, um, and, and, this is a lot of like the church. I mean, just having friends that are not like me has benefited me mm. in ways that are enormous. That I'm so it's it's impacted our parenting. I mean, we put our boys at um, an all black daycare where they were well, and Kylie as well, our girl too, um, where they were the only white kids at the daycare. It's a church and all a branch that, um, and there it was so good for them. I mean, we. For a moment, we were like, are we crazy to do this? (laughs) But we felt like, I mean, (laughs) y'all, the traditions and just the culture that they got to be exposed to was so beautiful. And and there was one teacher there um, who was a she was the preschool teachers, the oldest class there. And she impacted my boys mm. in ways mm. that I am eternally I grateful for. I mean, they know Jesus because of Ms. Sheila. Mm-hmm. She taught them Bible verses, gospel music every day. I yeah. mean, we had Bennett at a, I'll never forget this. I have it on video somewhere, but he is at a preschool Thanksgiving feast singing this like gospel Uh, Thanksgiving song with all these kids, and they, I mean, these kids, like, have their hands raised, I mean, they are worshiping, they, like, you know, and he's loving it. I mean, it just, you know, it's impacted them in really deep, meaningful ways, Um, and I think that in the workplace, just being so much more aware of how my minority brothers and sisters at work are impacted by decisions that I make or other people make is enormous. And then even seeing just how, you know, the inequity in, you know, I had a, um, my first experience as a manager, I was managing um, one of the people on my team was a black woman. And she was so gracious and incredible and would be very honest with me when I would say, hey, is this impacting you? Mm You know, these decisions that your leadership is making. I want to know the truth from you. She's very honest, um, which I'm super grateful for. But she changed me. I mean, Mm. she really taught me, hey, my parents didn't ever have a leadership position. That wasn't Mm -hmm. a thing in my family. And so I'd love a shot at being a manager one day, but nobody's going to believe in me. Because I didn't grow up in that, like hearing these things and seeing these things. You grew up seeing these things modeled, and a lot of your white colleagues did. And I didn't. And I know that's not the story of all black women at at all, (laughs) but it was her story. And it was really important to me, you know, that she knew I care about that deeply and that, that I have to, I'm held responsible to find ways to lift you up, to Mm. get you into the next seat, you know, because I have black women that are friends of mine and have shared their stories with me and been honest with me and, um, you know have it's changed everything it mm, has yeah. and it's enriched my life so much like I really cannot imagine how boring my life would be without this church plant and just the relationships that are there now and mm. um I mean, I've had so many sisters call me out, you know that on things that I was just insensitive about or you know. And I've been able to ask questions like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, this is offensive. If this is offensive, can you help me understand, right, yeah. you know, yeah, and, ideas. you know, I've made mistakes. I mean, I've totally, even in my current job, you know, I've, I said something, <sighs> well, I'll just tell it myself, this is, I hope this is okay. <laughs> um, but you know, there was a, a post, uh, um, Instagram post that one of my teammates, um, had, uh had was planning to make and it was angry and it was about a racial injustice and I, I used the words it's just not that angry tone is just not what we're going for with this. Mm-hmm. And It's not something you say to a black woman. Like, it's not okay. (laughs) 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 Like, yeah, you want to see anger? Of course she was angry. Like, I was angry. She's a million times more Mm, angry and wounded. And that was something I really had to repent of and go to her and say, I am so sorry. Mm, Thank you for saying that to me. Like, it was embarrassing for me because I, you know, I'm like 10 years into this this journey and thinking like oh i've learned so much right. and i'm so much better at this now and then yeah. just to make a stupid mistake like that and you mm. know and to have to say i was wrong and that was just insensitive and not not helpful for you and of course you're angry and honestly you shouldn't even have the job of posting about this right now because mm. that's just not fair to you right so and that's where we landed together i mean part of it was was me watching her and going this is unfair that this is even part of what you're experiencing right now, if I can lessen the burden by taking that off, then I should. Yeah. So, I mean, it's changed. It definitely has. I think um, I'm deeply committed at work um, to, to really seeking out um, minority leadership and to to the training and to all of that. And it has to be long term. It can't just yeah, be like, so. you know, find somebody who's ready and, mm-hmm. you know, move them into this position. It's a it's a long haul. And yeah. it's, you know, so um, something I'm thankful for, though. And man, I I mean, I have several members of my team now that are minorities that are just brilliant, that are I can't wait because I'm like, one day one of you is going to be my boss. And that's going to be fun <laughs> to see, mm-hmm. you know, to watch you grow and then for you to rule the world. So, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, I remember it's, it's been interesting just to watch our family, and I remember that decision between St. Paul or I can't remember that other. Mm-hmm. But the only reason, I mean, St. Paul was, like, significantly better. <laughs> and the only reason that, you know, you would send your children to the other daycare is because it was white, mm-hmm. and you were getting that pressure. I remember, friend, you know, people like, what do you... What are you doing are you trying to be a you know revolutionary no it's Better. Wow. I mean, it's literally actually better. right. Better I mean, option. literally, yeah. and it was the biggest blessing. I mean, I we, we don't have time on the podcast, but it was. Yeah. You know, number one, it was really easy because every time I showed to pick them up, they said, "Oh, you're Braden, you know? <laughs> right. the only That's right. Like, <laughs> but, that's right. are like That's <laughs> right. That's exactly how it went down every time, that's and I just kind of, kind of like, yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs>
2: Oh, That's I have good. so many memories of like them. They would say things <laughs> that we would be like, "What?" Like, y'all understand this this is hilarious. They one day, Brayden came out oldest and he was like, "Oh, I gotta use it." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know exactly." I what said, he "What?" You <laughs> know, <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, "You gotta." You got to use what? What do you mean? <laughs> and then use the bathroom? I you mean, know. literally. And then I was like, oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> so many things like that that I just came to love that, uh. you know. Uh. <laughs> there
1: you go. Uh. <laughs> yeah. AKA, I
0: need to relieve myself and that's right. go to the, uh, the bathroom. That's um, right. Yeah, oh, that's that's
1: the beauty. I think that is the beauty it of is. That absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Truly. Yeah, learning from other cultures. So, yeah. okay, so to close it out, I have two things. One that's serious and one that is silly. Okay, the first thing, let's start with the serious, is like what is your hope for the future of women in leadership but also mm. just uh, minorities mm-hmm. in leadership in general? Mm. Um, after what we were just talking about. Yeah. The second thing is, do you have any stories you want to share about Richard?
0: No. <laughs> we got time for it. She does not. We got uh, We will I not have uh, session two. Uh,
2: I, don't, I don't know. I'll come back for that. i
0: stories for 30 minutes. Are there any stories I've not told in the pulpit? That's, <laughs> that's, actually, uh, that's uh, fair,
2: honestly. You do tell yeah. yourself a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable.
2: Um, I think, I mean, my hope for the future of women is... Um, it's big. (laughs) I think that, um, I mean, of course I care deeply about like equal pay and women being treated fairly, um, you know, having longer maternity leave and it being required. Mm. Um, There's some very, very important things around that that have, those changes have got to be made. Like it's silly at this point that we're, that we're even talking about that. Mm. Um, And so, you know, I hope that, but I also, my hope is that women really start to support women more strongly, you know, in Mm. new ways and and be able to say to one another, and this is happening, I'm not saying it's not happening, but it needs to happen more where, you know, we're able to be supportive of one another, Mm. whether women are at home or in, Mm. you know, a more formal work setting, these women are working and so we've got to support one another and we've got to like be there for that and be able to say when it's too much hey you're doing too much and you need a break and so I think that's something that's really important to me my hope also is you know and again we've made great strides in this area but we've got further to go is that men step up and take care of women. I mean, really take a big role in, and this part goes both ways, like, Men need to be on these field trips too. Men need yeah. to be, mm. you know, when when you've got a full-time mom and a full-time dad, you know, working outside the home mm-hmm. and a kid gets sick, it can't be the woman that has to stay home every single time. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to stay home and do that. Like, I love <laughs> being there when they're sick because it kills me. Yeah. But there are times when I've got a big presentation and Jed stays home. Mm-hmm. So, And that's something we've worked through. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we need more men that are involved in those ways, and for that to be acceptable mm-hmm. in the workplace, that's also what helps support women is yeah. men saying, hey, this is all of us, there's yeah. all this work, we're all gonna <laughs> help and pitch in here. Yeah. So, and then, you know, for for minority women, man, there's so much that needs mm. to be done there, and, and again, I know there are things that are changing, but, you know, especially as a white woman, it has to be deeply important to me on a daily basis to uplift minority women and to be able to recognize, hey, there's some kind of a disconnect here because if you have all white leadership mm-hmm. and then you have all minorities in an organization are not in leadership, mm-hmm. first of all, there's a problem. But second of all, there is a great opportunity for for me as a white woman to say you know what is the disconnect and how do i connect that because that's That's more important than my job today like my other parts of this job that is not you know if it's a resource if it's a training if it's a you know people aren't listening to you because you speak differently Mm -hmm. that's stuff i can help with (laughs) i mean and i mean like calling out other colleagues saying like is that is that really what you want to be known for is judging Mm. people for their differences from you? Like, that's not, it's not at all fair. There's not like integrity differences or, you know, that is not what we're talking about. So I think that's something that I really hope for minority women, because we need minority women. I mean, in leadership positions Mm -hmm. like not just in the workforce and being supported there but in real leadership positions because the voices are so stinking important it Mm -hmm. impacts everything and in like the world of marketing even how are we going to market (laughs) to this Mm -hmm. whole population of people Mm -hmm. I mean like the there's like more minority people than white people really in America at this point so it's like what are we missing here if that's who we have to listen to in order to market well period there's just no other way to do it and so you know I hope I'm held accountable to that still Mm -hmm. (laughs) truly and I hope that I'm a part of you know making that happen and of listening Mm -hmm. you know because I'm I don't know it all on my own obviously and so I've got to have those voices in my life and and making it important in the life of you know my team so
1: That's yeah. good. okay that
0: so good. All right, that was good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't have a story? I mean, we can't have you come back on. it yeah. just happen to do it when yeah, Rich is on vacation. Tell, that's right. I mean, that's, right, right. that's right. We
2: can finesse this. <laughs> this. <Okay. laughs> I'm trying to think of ones that aren't, like, deeply embarrassing. <laughs> I know you told us Well, wrong. I guess he did just tell a story uh, on Sunday uh, about
0: leaving his laptop. He yeah, you, you hadn't even heard that one. That oh, no, I yeah,
2: think yeah, Mom told yeah. me. <laughs> Mom told her Wait, in Nashville? Yeah. Leave it yeah, there? Yeah yeah, 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 That's all right. Okay. Uh,
1: we, we'll let you off the hook today, Richard. Just today.
0: Hey, I'm fine. <laughs> Y'all um, yeah, go listen with, to the
2: sermon. Thick skin. <laughs> he honestly. Big
0: skin and a big Jesus. I, I, I can do it. I can do now? it.
2: He can laugh at himself. That is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it is for
1: sure. I
0: have to a lot. Uh, no doubt.
1: Well, Whitney, thank you so much for I coming We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having With us. This was awesome. All right, family. That is it for us today. Y'all have a great day.
0: See ya.